Do you want to hear the greatest story? Yeah, I do. I went and saw Neil Finn a couple of years ago, and he goes, anyone here like to get up on stage and play piano with me? This guy outside goes, oh, yeah, I'll have a go. Oh. So he gets him up. Yes. And then he goes, have you ever played piano before? And he goes, oh, nah. <laughs> he goes, oh, well, do you know where a C is? He goes, nah. He goes, oh, well, that one there, that's a C. Show. Just keep pressing that one. <laughs> Just keep pressing that one. <laughs> oh, my God. Bon Jovi sound checking. we got to see this. But then we hear um, a guy whistling to a microphone. Yeah. It was John. And he goes, the kids can stay. We're like, oh, cool. <laughs> nice. Thanks. Thanks, Johnny. It was a small theatre, and we went upstairs, and there was a photo of Dire Straits, who mm. did their very first rock palace there in 1982, oh, wow. which was just so cool. Yeah. So these bikies got in touch with us, give us 500 bucks, so you don't get your singer back. <laughs> Holy shit. Welcome, everyone. You are listening to the Art of Touring podcast. This is an interview-style podcast where I talk with musicians, performers, and sometimes wrestlers. I am your host, the Sizz Dog. Thanks for joining me. It is apparently autumn, but you'd be forgiven for thinking that it was already winter here in good old Melbourne town because it is getting very chilly. Uh, Last week during the intro, I spoke about Game of Thrones and Avengers Endgame and I watched the third episode of Game of Thrones uh, two nights ago and uh, I got to see Avengers Endgame over the weekend and it was awesome. I won't give anything away, it's alright, but I will say both were very, very cool. You know what I mean? And it's hard not to talk about it because, you know, everyone in the world is talking about it. You know, I know this podcast is about touring stories and all that, but you can't be part of the world without you know, talking about this pop culture stuff every now and then. And it's a big it's a big part of all of our lives, man. So, you know, if you have had a chance to go see uh, Endgame, then, uh, you know, give me a buzz. I'd love to talk to you about it. Uh, or Game of Thrones, you know, because not everyone's seen either or both or anything. So it's pretty exciting stuff. This week, I caught up with Doug Steele. Uh, Doug and I go way, way back. Uh, he was an original member of the Passouts. Uh, we met back at Main Street Music in Greensborough uh, back in the early noughties. And uh, just like last week with my conversation with Julian, uh, John and I spoke for two hours. So, uh, sorry, Doug and I spoke for two hours. So this will be another two-parter on the Art of Touring. During this first part, however, Doug does delve into the story uh, of how and why he chose the stage name of Doug Steele. So stick around for that. Art of Touring is brought to you every single Tuesday, sometimes Wednesday. Look, let's just change it to Wednesdays. Art of Touring is brought to you every Wednesday. You can listen to Art of Touring on iTunes or on the Google Podcasts app on your Android device. And remember, Art of Touring is part of the A Lot of Green podcast network. You can check out all the other awesome podcasts on their network at www. A lot of green.com.au. There is some coarse language in this week's episode, so if you are listening with kids, it might be a good idea to throw on True in the Rainbow Kingdom. And uh, once they're dropped off at the play center, put Art of Turing back on. Now let's take a moment for this week's sponsor. Episode 54 of The Art of Turing is brought to you this week by the Trading Post. Need a pair of jousting sticks? What about a minister's pulpit? then just check out the trading post. But remember, if you're asking too much, most of the punters will reckon you're dreaming. Steve is an apprentice mechanic, but he spends most of his time reading the trading post. He just loves buying and trading. Ergonomic chairs, four of them. What's he want? 180. He's dreaming. Dad, 450. But jousting sticks, tell him he's dreaming. How much is a jousting stick worth, Dad? Well, it couldn't be more than 250. And on the condition. Dad, some guy's selling an overhead projector. Nah. Now hang on, Steve. What's he asking? 150. Tell him he's dreaming. Yeah. Dad, what's a pulpit? Where the minister gives his sermon from. How much? 800. Dreaming. Just so you know, Art of Turing is hosted by Wooshka. If you would like to listen on your desktop, you can just Google Art of Turing and follow the links to the Wooshka homepage. Before I get into part one of my conversation with Doug, I'd like to share with you some of his music from his band Flatstick. This is a track called Adios. 
Yeah. Adios by, ad, adios by Flatstick. Oh, man. Just a little bit, though. Just a taste. If you want to hear that, you have to seek it out. Search for Flatstick on YouTube and you'll be able to hear the whole record, man. And now, here's part one of my conversation with Doug Steele. Check it out. Welcome, everyone. You are listening to the Art of Touring podcast. We are sitting here in beautiful Epping on a little bit of a chilly night, but it's not phasing us. We've got beer in hand, and opposite me tonight is Mr. Doug Steele. Hold, hold up. I'm, I'm going to let you finish. Yes. My name is motherfucking Shred Durst. Shred Durst tonight. Okay, now y'all got to do it again <laughs> and just say the right fucking name. All right. And then we move forward. Okay. I apologize, Art of Turing listeners. I had no idea we were in the presence of Mr. Shred Durst. How are you, Shred? No, we'll go, we'll go back to Doug. Okay, Doug's good. Yeah, I haven't, I I haven't actually done Shred Durst in quite a while. So mm, mm. I love talking the, uh, the Ebonics, the black stuff. I love that shit. The uh, what was it? The um, the Shred Durst solo, I believe it was on YouTube. That was one of my favorites back in the uh, the early noughties. Is that when I was doing when I was uh, when I read out the 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 letter from Brittany and <laughs> threw the fucking CD on the fucking bed? Or it, it doesn't matter. It was out of control. Yes, just w- look. You go can just to splice YouTube. the live footage of him attempting a solo. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you were like, Dip. that wasn't it. Yeah, that whole concept wasn't even my idea. It was one of my guitar students. He's like, oh really? And I was like, fuck, we'll do it. It, and yeah. then it kind of it had a life of its own for a bit. And it did. It died, was very, very funny. died in the butthole, which is fine because uh, you know, it's the internet. It's, it's frivolous, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. Oh, John, I, I asked this question, John, uh, Doug, uh, Shred, Shred, whatever you want to call you tonight. Um, we uh, we we start the pod uh, the same way every every time, and that is, where are you from? Where did you grow up, mate? I grew up. In a shitty little town called Fresno, California, mm. and if you listen to it, like it's the butt of jokes. So Fresno Monsters is. Inc. Mon- it's been in Monsters Inc. Every yeah. now and then, uh, my wife and I will be watching a show, and the word Fresno will pop up, and we will have a good laugh. Right. And you know, if you talk to my dad, it's like, oh, we're the breadbasket of the world, and yada yada yada. It's like, dude, no one fucking cares. What's the breadbasket of the world mean? Oh, uh, they are constantly importing out uh, bananas, grapes, like oh, that, all that kind of shit. So they've got a lot of agriculture there in yeah, Fresno. Yeah, massive. Right. Yeah, grapes were a huge one for there for a while. Is that right? Yeah, very right. Mm-hmm. Huh? Yeah. Because the second um, ever guest on the Art of Touring, Rick Rally, his. Um, his family uh, grew grapes. Really? Yeah. If you go into um, Coles or you know any supermarket, really, um, they're still doing it now. Yeah. Uh, rich? The, Are they rich? Well, I mean, his family is. He he isn't. That's no good. No, <laughs> dude. Hey, what's his name? Rick. Yeah, Ricky Rick, boy. Dude, Rick. Man, get get get. Talk to your parents. Hey, look, <laughs> kick down. Hey, obviously, he's a musician, so he's going to be poor. He, yeah. Right. Exactly. So, yeah. So, yeah, dude. The rally seedless. Yeah, start start uh start hugging them a bit tighter. Right. Yeah, I guess so. Well, the grapes. So yeah, so you are growing up in Fresno. How long were you there before you moved out here to um Australia? Okay, so I was in Fresno till I was about twelve or thirteen, and thought Fresno was like the bomb. Mm-hmm. And then I moved to San Jose with my dad, and then realized that San Jose was the bomb. Wow. And I'm thinking, okay, well. If I you know if San Jose is better than Fresno then LA has got to be better than than San Jose and I, I never made it out to LA but <laughs> but um okay so I lived in Fresno till I was twelve mm-hmm. and then San Jose from thirteen to nineteen went back to Fresno for a while went hmm. back to San Jose I left here I left San Jose to Australia when I was twenty seven or 28 right and i and i moved my first place was in greensboro were you in greensboro yeah really i yeah. grew up in greensboro there you go my first house that i grew up in um before we moved out to research when i was eight um but my first eight years of my life yeah spent in greensboro yeah wow that's wild i didn't know that yeah, yeah so right. that's that's kind of home for me yeah greensy so, yeah so whenever i'm in the area Good question. Uh-huh. Do you call it Greensy or Borough? 
No, I call it green tea. You do? Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. good. Yeah, some people um, call it Burra. I'm like, my, what? Yeah, my brother-in-law lives in, um, oh, he's in Bundura, but it's just, it's on Grimshaw Street next mm. to the cop shop. Mm-hmm. So I just, you know, every time I drive in for whatever reason, I'm just like, ah, oh, you know, I used to live in fucking Grainsy and yes. the music stores there and the, you, the Yamunis are, you know, down in Diamond Creek and yep. it all comes flooding back. And it's all fond memories, of course. Of and course, even yeah. and at that time, Ben Quirk was living in uh, Bandura. Is that right? Yeah. Oh wow! So you guys were really close as soon as you um yeah you came down here. That's wild. Yeah. And we were we were teaching at the the music store, and, and yeah. we kept missing each other for like I'd say a week or two. People people would be like, "Dude, you got to meet this other guitar teacher named Ben." <laughs> and so when I'd pop in the store, he'd be gone. When he'd pop in the store, I'd be gone. Yeah. And it and we. We did click relatively quickly. That's wild. Yeah, it was good. That is cool. Mm. And so growing up in Fresno, was there any musicians in your family? Um, My mom played piano by ear. Mm -hmm. Her dad played guitar by ear. Her sister played guitar by ear. So we were a musical family. Yeah. Um, But... Not like not of any note, like they didn't like gig or anything like no, that. Sure, yeah, 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 yeah. But but they could play. They and, were musical. See, yeah. my mom's side was musical. My dad's side, like that guy, can barely fucking count to four. So right, he wasn't okay. doing anything like rhythmic. Yes, ever. Yes. Yeah. So there was music in the house, and oh, when- dude, we had a jukebox. Oh, what? Yeah. We That's ha- so cool. We had a ju- we had um like one of those old like happy oh, yeah. day style. Yes, with the, with the forty fives in it. So I'd wake oh, up every wow. morning and. And uh, get in front of the heater and turn on the jukebox and hit A5, and that would be Led Zeppelin's Black Dog, and I'd put yeah. on my clothes to that. And uh, yeah, so, but not only did we have one, like when my sister moved out, she bought one. So then she had one. Whoa. And now, excuse me, my dad has one now, but it plays CDs. Mm. So we still have jukeboxes. It's just become a culture in Sanders households. Yeah, pretty much. Wow. Mm. And uh, when did you start playing the guitar? How did that all come about? Um, oh, let me think for a second. I mean, I start. I mean, I started when I was, I'll say, fifteen. But okay, like I had, I had uh, three step brothers at the time, and we were all musical. So it was like, you know, you play bass, I'll play guitar, and oh. they might have had like a, a. I no, I had a guitar at that time. It was a. Oh, as it was a Gaia tone. It was a piece of shit. Right. But, you know, you always start on a piece of shit, and then you find out whether you, you want to continue. And yeah, um, yeah. we also had reel-to-reel um, tape things, so we would, and it would slow it down to an octave lower. Yes. So that would slow down. The speed would slow down. You kind of find out how what, what were happening with the notes. Okay. But so I'll say when I was 15, uh, I got into it. I was also playing baseball at the time, but when I was 18, Baseball kind of went bye bye, and then I was just like, "Yeah, music is kind of where it's at." Right. And so I just said, "You know, I'll I'll make a I'll just do what I got. I love it, so I'll just do it." Yes, yes, yeah. And so you played in a band with your stepbrothers. Yes, we've we did like high school. We were in no, yeah, we did. Yeah. Um, fuck eighth grade. We did a we did a talent show, <laughs> and there's photos of it. Like every now and then, yeah. it'll pop up on my Facebook. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we did we did a middle school talent show, which would have been eighth grade. We did a yes. we did um I think eleventh grade talent show at our high school. Nice. Where we're wearing suits and things, so that'll pop up pop up every now and then. Sure. And uh, yeah, we just uh, and all those people that I played with back then are still playing now and they're all Facebook friends and this kind of thing so yeah yeah right you know once you get the music bug nothing really tops it no that's right yeah and so did that little incarnation of a band did that have a name oh fuck I'm I'm asking the hard hitting questions you are part of touring tonight we oh man okay so in high school Mm. (laughs) we were called Knights K N I G H T S. Yes. Nice. Yeah. Oh, yeah, dude. That is good. That's ridiculous. That's great. Um, and but we didn't do, and we did covers. So we did like, yeah, of course, Van Halen, yes, Ozzy Osbourne, mm. uh, Dawkins, maybe some Judas Priest. Yeah. And I mean, we're just high school kids, and then we, and our drummer, whose parents loved to party, would hold uh, house parties, and you know, you'd get a couple kegs in, and then you just. 
the band would play until the cops were called. Yeah, right. And sometimes we'd just continue after the cops were called. Yeah, of course. So yeah. that was that was the thing you did. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's cool, man. It was fun. And so you're playing uh, with Knights all the way through high school. You hit 18. Dude, wait, wait, wait. We... We did have at one stage yeah. two drummers. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. So we had yeah in high school it was two drummers. Yeah. Uh, bass and guitar, and my my stepbrother Troy played uh, did vocals. Right. And we had two drummers for a while. Did you do any recording? Is there some kind of evidence that you guys performed oh, and played, dude, if, or if, more if, just photographic evidence? No, it, it, it would be cassette tape. Yes. That that like at a band practice or something, mm. and there might have been. I don't know if we played a, a talent show with two drummers, but I think we did. And then after a while, it just it wasn't working out, so yeah, one yeah. of them had to go. Because I actually have a CD of my first band in high school. Brilliant. For my year 11 graphics project, which I didn't need to do. I just wanted to put together a demo <laughs> for my band. Yeah. And I, I said to my, my teacher, Mr. Dalton, I said, oh, what if I put together like a little single and have artwork and, and actually record the CD and everything? He's like... Well, the graphics part of it, yes, that sounds great. The CD, whatever, I'll yeah. still give you a pass. And so I'm like, okay, cool. And I was super excited about it. Did the whole artwork, you know, printed it off. We recorded the CD on like a little Tascam four-track recorder. Oh, nice. Burned it onto a CD. It took like hours and hours oh, to yeah, burn yeah, yeah, the yeah. CD. Wait, wait, how did you mic the drums? Or did you mic drums? I think we just had like... I think I sang into the vocals. Yeah. Like, and then we had one mic because we had four mics going, obviously, four tracks. Oh, you you played live then? We played live. So you just took all the mics, like Bum, set them up. Yeah. Bam, nice. It. Yeah, bounced it down. That was it. How did it sound? It sounded terrible. But <laughs> I gave, I'll never forget, I gave it to Mr. Dalton. And then the next day or the next week or whatever, when he gave me my mark back, he's, you know, he gave me my mark. And I was like, sir, did you listen to the CD? What did you think of the music? He's like, oh, I didn't listen to it. <laughs> A dick. Dalton, you're an asshole. Thanks, dude. Yeah. Let's hope you're dead now. No, who knows? No, you can't, you can't help somebody he's dead, okay? Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Dalton. Yeah. Oh, gosh. So there you go. Knights killing it on the um, independent rock and roll oh, God. And, you know, metal scene back in the... Well, what, what era was this? 70s? 80s? Uh, I'm going to say 83, 84, 85. Yeah, the 80s, of course. Well, yeah, going by the bands you mentioned. 85, 86. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. yeah, and so um, when you left high school, what did you do? Did you study? Did you work? Did you? What did you end up doing? I, I, uh, I stayed at home and I told my dad I was going to go to community college. Oh, okay. What's that? <laughs> <clears throat> it's like thirteenth grade. It's like it's a step. So you got oh. college and the community college is like in between high school. And, and fucking yeah. university, yeah, right. So what I did, so what my friend did was he gave me the key to his house, and he goes, "Look, pretend you're going to school. <laughs> Come over. Yeah. My sister will be in school. You can just sleep in her bed." And I just just my dad, and uh, I did legitimately go for a while. Yes, yes. And uh, I took psychology, and the psychology uh, teacher was like, "You know, I'm pompous and all this." He was describing himself like on the first day. I'm like. Well, you sound like a fucking asshole. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to learn from a dick. <laughs> so I forgot what the other classes were. Oh, uh, volleyball was one of the classes. It was what? just, yeah. That's and crazy. I, and I, I think I had, ooh, I was going to another one, another community college where I was taking classical guitar by this dude who really jammed. Anyways, to make a long story short, yeah. I, I fucked it all off. Really? I was like, education, schmeducation. You didn't, you weren't, didn't want to buy of it. Nah. But was, you got your high school diploma. Yes. Yes. Which I cheated to get, but yes. <laughs> I was How looking do you all, do that? Oh, what? Well, I forget uh, the, well, I forget what class it was, but I had this insanely smart girl mm. that was in the desk over from mine and nice. a little bit up, so I could see her paper. No. And whenever she made a mark, I made a mark. No shit. Yeah, so it was um, it was multiple choice, and yeah. it was one of those things. And you could actually see on I her could page. S- oh, yeah. And wow. I copied her whole thing, and then <laughs> we turned it. them in, Yeah, and her name was Caroline Baltazar. And <laughs> Baltazar? Yeah. I think she, I think it's Filipino. And um, I, I go, Caroline, and she turned around and goes, what? I go, thanks. <laughs> She's like, what? I go, thank you. 
<laughs> and she just, I think she jerried, but like, who gives a shit? Right, right. This was what, 90 years ago. So, <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Caroline Baltazar. She's probably a fucking CEO of a company right now. Probably, man. Yeah, but she was she was badass. We will tag her in the post, see if she remembers this I'll story. S- I'll see if she's, uh, I'll see, I don't even know if she's on Facebook. But yeah. No, it's probably changed her last name by now. Yeah. Yeah, that's wild. Ah. You got your, your high school diploma, you, you're going to community college, and then you go, you know what, this isn't for me. Where to from here? What happens next in your in your life? I think it was a lot of maybe partying with friends. Yeah. We all lived in the same area, which was great. Mm. Uh, metal was kind of the backdrop, like the music of the day was metal. Were you w- back in Fresno for- No, uh, this was all San Jose. San Jose, okay, cool. Yeah, so yeah. it was just, you know, there was a core group of us yeah. of maybe, there was a really tight group of maybe eight or nine of us. Yes. And then that also branched out to maybe 20 all up. Right. Which is just people that you knew and this kind of thing. So, um, yeah, I think it was just maybe partying and, and that kind of thing. For, Didn't get a day gig or anything? Quiet. Oh, yeah, yeah, totally. Like, I worked at fucking, I worked at pizza, I worked everywhere. I worked at pizza joints. Yeah. I worked at the San Jose International Airport cleaning the insides of buses. And then oh. I turned into a traffic director. Whoa. Yeah, and then, um, oh, these were all pretty shit jobs, but still. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what else did I do? I, I delivered auto parts, and then I also worked at UPS loading the trucks at four in the morning. Yeah, right. Which I didn't know was, was great until I gained all the weight after I quit. So, oh. and it was, it was part-time work, but it had full-time benefits, so that's why you did it. Right. So I was maybe 24, 25, and uh, you started at four in the morning, Monday mm. through Friday, mm. and you only worked till nine. But you fucking hauled ass. Yes. So you could pretty much, your diet could be absolutely shit because in the morning you'll burn it all off. Oh, right. And I'd, and I'd, and I'd see new people come in. I, I think I worked for, there for about three or four years. And I'd yeah. see new people come in a little bit, you know, whatever. Yeah. Uh, health-wise looking a little bit sad, I guess. Mm. And then within three... Um, I'll say between three and four months, they were fit. Really? Yeah, Just I, I've from seen the, the change. Hours yeah, yeah. Of work. I think it was the early morning because it wasn't all like I was on the heaviest belt in the building, which was like all the um, Silicon Valley areas and shit. So okay. I was like computer monitors, and you know, and I had I think two. I had two trucks I had to load every day. Which Lifting had, shit. Yeah, and it was you know you know those big those UPS trucks. So yeah, I'd, I'd yeah, to fill yeah. those. So you'd you'd oh. fill the shelves and the bottoms and the tops, and then you'd have to go straight down the middle. Yes. So they would be like chaka chaka blood. They were full. Wow. And um, so there was that, and um, hmm. I don't know where I'm going with this, but it doesn't matter. No, those are the gigs that you had, you know, in your early twenties coming up, and um. During that time, before you left for Australia, when you turned 27, 28, were you in a band at all after high school? Ooh, uh, yeah. So uh, when I went to, I, I was split between two high schools. So the, first, okay. the ninth grade, 10th grade, I went to a high school called Gunderson, which was um, pretty fucking rad. Yeah. It was, yeah, it was cool because uh, at lunchtime, uh, it, it was off campus. So, because huh. you're able to drive at 16. You'd just be like, fuck it, I'll be back, and you know, you'd be able to drive to the mall, get some McDonald's or whatever you were doing, drive sure. back into the school, and that would be it. Far out. So I was there from the ninth grade to the 10th grade, and then we moved to the east side of San Jose, which was a bit scarier as far as, as, far as I was concerned. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And I went to Silver Creek High School. And it wasn't a lot of white people, but I, had, I think I had a better time there, to be quite honest. And it wasn't... It wasn't... Um, it wasn't off campus, but yeah, I was I was getting friends to like I was getting girls to sign. You know, John's not in school today because of until they caught me. <laughs> but um, okay, so I met a guy in I think eleventh grade by the name of Scott Miller, and he was a guitar player for the the jazz band at the school. Sure, and we formed a band called Sinister Sam. And it was, uh, it was once again, it was copying metal. So it was like cover metal covers, Rat, yes. Molly Crew, not even Molly Crew, but like Rat, Van Halen, that kind of shit. Right. And then after school, we thought we should probably write our own shit. And then we started writing our own stuff, and 
would just like, and we were both Zappa fans and Red Hot Chili Pe- Pepper fans and Fishbone fans, so we started grabbing uh. funk elements and grabbing jazz elements and grabbing weird shit, and then we're like, well, let's take it on to, you know, let's not wear normal metalhead clothes, which is, funnily enough, is what I'm wearing now. <laughs> but we'd wear, like, we wear cheerleader outfits yeah. and marching band shit and scuba gear. Wait, hang on. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What was the first one you said? Cheerleader outfits? You would all go walk on stage. No, no, no. No, you could choose what you wanted to do. So it's kind of like Slipknot, but fun. Oh, so all different costumes. You could do, yeah. Like, if yeah. you wanted to wear a fucking diaper, you could. <laughs> like, our singer, one of our singers at the time used to wear this wig backward. Okay. And he looked like a he looked fucking ridiculous, <laughs> but we would laugh so hard we would cry. So yeah, we're like, "You yeah. gotta do it!" And every now and then he'd put it on, and we'd we'd there, yeah. And there's photos on my Facebook every now and then that pop up, that pop up, yeah, that have got him, you know, or have, have us wearing wacky shit, just wacky stuff. So I've wore I've worn dresses, I've worn yeah. skirts. I, uh, the, the one time that we did wear the cheerleader outfits, yes. I think it was like we played on Christmas, and it was me and the guitar player that had the 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 cheerleading outfits and we also had strippers would come up as well right. every now and then but they wouldn't strip down to nothing but they'd all be already be wearing like a two-piece something or other and just kind of shimmy and shake on stage while we went batshit crazy <laughs> that's the dream isn't that's it? on youtube as well having strippers on your stage yes. while you're playing yes shit yeah man we fucking loved it yeah well who wouldn't <laughs> yeah and we kick we'd kick out beach balls into the audience so there'd be like beach ball fights between the band and the audience dude and try to make it fun and and i and we, I had a friend that worked at a cosmetology school, and you know how they have those like those plastic heads that they, you practice cutting? Yeah, like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, I'm yeah, with you, yeah, yeah. Yeah, So we got like 20 of those, yeah. and then we take like a magic marker and write, like tattoo them and write all over, and then we'd put them on stage. Yes. Just anything that was cheap and or free and looked a little bit weird and it would, would kind of make us pop on stage, we, we'd... We'd use that. You'd use that. Yeah. And so Sinister, St- Sinister Sam lost. And there's, use, you're, there's YouTube footage of, I think, three or four whole gigs on oh, YouTube. Really? So if you type wow. in, like, because there's two different Sinister Sam. So if you, and there's also the Sinister Sam from fucking Sesame Street. But if you type in Sinister Sam metal band on YouTube, some shit will pop up. It'll and pop up. this is going to be bad. I got my butthole licked on stage. Uh, and that's that's on YouTube. It's it's all there. Yeah. For everyone and I was wearing enjoy. a dress. Beautiful. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that. Nothing at all. <laughs> My toes curled and it was wild. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Well, yeah. I mean, it, it's a wholesome um, message that you're sending out with, <laughs> with this yeah. if tomfoolery a, on stage. If a if a biker girl wants to get all up in your business and you tell, I tried to tell her no. And she, right. I was like, well, fuck you then. You know, come have, up during this song and have fun. Yeah. We'll rock it. Do you think, man? Yes. And so, well, yeah. So how long did that band kind of last for? Like, obviously... Six or seven years, wow. maybe. Yeah. 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 We went from, we went from like, doing a Wednesday, because we only played the Cactus Club, which was, like, maybe, like, the Tote or oh. Benigo Hotel, Art House, that kind of a vibe. Yes. Maybe, I think maybe more Art House than anything. Yes, yes. And you start... If you're new, you start on a Wednesday, and I think we played maybe one Wednesday, and the guy's like, "Not nah, you're you're supporting other bands," right. so we would support International Acts who came in. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, like, nice. Immediately, yeah. It what was kind good of like international that. acts were you supporting? <sighs> like fucking punk ones. I don't think anything I can name right off the top of my head. A lot yeah, of yeah, San- yeah. a lot of San Francisco bands would come down, like Psychofunkapus, which mm. were big and big there. Uh, oh fuck, a punk band called X oh, from yeah, yeah, L.A. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We yeah. supported them. Um, wow. We p- supported uh, a couple of thrash bands, Violence, and a- another band called Forbidden. And yeah, the, uh, one of the guys in Violence made Machine Head. Yeah. And then um, Forbidden is just Forbidden, just good old Oakland fucking thrash metal. Yeah, right. So on. yeah, we got to, but because we were so diverse, we would we would support you know metal bands and yeah. f- and, and funk crossover bands and that kind of shit. Yeah, right. So and we loved it. Was that like, I mean, that would have been like a real rock and roll punk metal education that you just couldn't really compare to anything else it was awesome and i I, and we would have done well because we kicked off not i mean we did shows with the deftones and shit so Mm. but they were touring up and down the coast of fucking of california and we weren't so i think that's i mean our drummer was also 10 years older than us and he had a proper job right and it was just like and i don't think any of us uh, it didn't. We weren't. None of us were living at home, and it, it didn't appeal to any of us to tour. So it was just like, you know, cactus is what it is. And every now and then we get, 
you know, we'd play somewhere else, maybe in San Francisco, but no, it was just that place or nothing. Yeah, right. And we were pretty content with that. Yeah, and obviously the, the band had a pretty good shelf life. I mean, six, seven years with the yeah. one band in the one town. That's great. The demos are on YouTube, people. As Get well. into it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah right oh, dude, on. yeah. Like, I got my own YouTube channel, uh, just Google Doug Steele, but yeah, yeah I, I archive everything if it's not... If it's not on cassette or on dat tape or something, I will f- I'll find a way to make it onto YouTube. Yeah, nice. Mm. Oh, that's that's very cool for posterity, man, because yeah. you want to go back and listen. I'm a forward to thinker. I've filmed our high school. That's on YouTube. When I was 1987, I was 18. Wow. Yeah, so I was doing this shit before there was a platform to put it on. To put it on. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Oh, that's rad. Yeah. Um. And so, yeah, you mentioned that, um, I mean, so why did the band end? Like, it was, was just kind of a mutual thing? Like, everyone wanted to kind of... People didn't... Our lead singer, who I've actually blocked on Facebook, <laughs> um, uh, he rubbed pretty much everybody the wrong way. Mm. A couple of the guys in the band were... One of them was turning into an alcoholic, funnily enough, not me. Right. Um, uh, and they were they were loving weed a little bit too much. Now... Obviously, I don't want to tell anybody how to do things because I don't want anybody to tell me how to do things. Sure, yeah, yeah. But, you know, g- do all the fun stuff after the gig, not before the gig. So yes. that was becoming the problem. Yeah. And then and then there was a side band that, they, that a couple of the guys started doing, and it just it got a bit wacky. And yeah. I'd met a nausea by that stage, and it was like, well, fuck, let's just let's go to fucking Melbourne. And, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. So you met a girl. I met a girl, Lisa. I met her in. Uh, she was living in Santa Monica at the time. But she was from Greensy, and wow. she had a roommate that I liked. Huh. And yeah, and that's we met through the roommate basically. Right. And then after I don't know maybe a year of courtship, we got married in the states. Hmm. But then she got homesick, and then wanted to come to australia and so i followed maybe three or four months later that's how i got out here yeah right yeah wow yeah and then now you're uprooted and you're here and uh it's just off to the races you've now you know committed to living in another country yeah which is a huge step i i was i thought that part was Fine. I don't yeah. know. I, I that part didn't really phase me all that much. Sure. I mean, I guess it, it might have in the beginning, but um, you know, I'm the fucking, I'm the wacky dude. I'm the out of the four kids, I'm the the little brother that you know, yeah, just don't want to be told what to do, and I'll do my own thing. And and now I'm the wacky uncle, so I'm the fucking <laughs> uncle in Australia that pops in every I don't know two three years and yeah. hangs out with the family for a couple of weeks and it fucks back off to australia <laughs> i'm that go. guy you're yeah. that guy man i am that guy wow yeah so you hit the shores 27 28 you're like i'm a guitar player how do you go from that to yeah like extending yourself into you know playing with different bands and yeah you tell me a story that, where, where did it go from there <laughs> w- i know you lived in greensy lived did in you greensy start working there straight away or? No, no way no, 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 i don't no. think so no um no i don't remember when i started working there but like because that would have been early 90s when you got here yeah yeah right like uh, i didn't even know who virgil donati was until i got out here sure yeah so I mean, I, I, my, my goal was to, okay, let's do Sinister Stam in Australia. I'll just get some badass dudes. It's like, who are the badass dudes? And I gave, like, I saw Simon Hans, Hosford at a Virgil gig, and I gave him a cassette thinking yes. it'd be easy. Now you never fucking called me. <laughs> um, I just, I probably did it all wrong and whatever, but um, I just yeah. started, who are the badasses? Let's contact them. And it's, it was just like, well, that's not kind of how it works. And Sure, yeah. So, yeah. So, I don't even know, I guess, I don't even know what it, what I did after that. The first, very first musical project in Australia when you landed, like, how long did it take to get Shit. something off the ground? Okay, so that's the what it would have been. Yeah, that's what it would have been. Yeah, is yeah. that I, um, I, met, I met Marcel and Joe at Jets. Mm. Because, yeah, I don't even know if Tony was running... Main Street, Street at yet. the time. Yeah. yeah, okay, cool. No, I don't think he would have been. Yeah, so so I would have done something to have had to rehearse at Jets. Yeah. 
got to know Joe, got to know Marcel, had a blast with both of them. They yes. kind of t- the whole family kind of took me under their wing because I was the new guy and all this, mm. and um, that was awesome. And then, um, yeah, so I I was probably already teaching at Main Street at this stage or yes. coming close to that. And then Marcel introduced me to Gary. I don't remember. I, I don't, I've kind of the, the chronology of it kind of fucks with my head a little bit. Yeah, that's all right. But. So then I met Gary, and it's like, well, I got some ideas. Let's hook up, and you know, let's see what happens with this shit. Because yeah. he had like a studio in his bedroom and that kind of thing. So I think we did we did one song just to kind of feel each other out and this yeah. kind of business. Um, and we had Marcel play bass on two of the tracks. But anyways, at the end of the day, we made a whole album. Yes. And then we started selling it out of Main Street, which was great. That's wild. Yeah, and this was back in the MP3.com days. And I think the one of our songs got got to number one in the list, which had me then talking to the drummer of Lamb of God on ICQ. ICQ, yeah. do you remember that shit? Yeah, I hardly remember it. But nineteen ninety seven, like, man. Yeah. It, ICQ. It was Chris Adler from Lamb of God, and they weren't even called Lamb of God; they were called Burn the Priest. Hmm. So he was just. You're just saying, oh, you know, dig your stuff. And then we just get to chatting about, you know, real life and yeah. this kind of thing. So we were fairly tight at, at, at one stage, yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was cool. Yeah. And, and then, um, uh, yeah, you know. Far out. Because you're, you've are come out here, you've uprooted your entire life, um, and you've moved out here to Australia. You're trying to make it work, um, and you've found some, you've found a like-minded dude, and you've been able to produce a whole record yeah that's amazing yeah you know w- even though it wasn't what you expected because you were thinking oh let's get a band together right. it didn't really work it was more of a studio project it was because we had we 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 programmed the drums we we programmed the the keyboards we either gary or i or marcel played bass we yeah. just thought it'd be a fun thing but then it actually started getting a, a bit of attention and like chris adler tried to get assigned to metal blade records and all this mm. kind of shit mm. and it was i'm telling him like dude we're just two guys in a bedroom. I don't, you know, we don't even have a full band. So we tried yeah. to get a full band happening. And you and Harriet, who's a drummer for, he was in, I think he was in a Bremlin for a while. And then he was in a, oh, fuck, Contrive or something. No, Fracture. Some, I don't know, some heavy band out here. Yeah, he got yeah. a hold of us and we just couldn't get it together. But we did, toward the end, like years and years later after Gary passed, we did, we, like I had Rob Brenz on drums mm-hmm. and we had a full band, but we just could not, we sh- I should have just locked in a gig and we should have just done it. Yeah, it's always the thing, isn't it? Yeah. If there's a light at the end of the tunnel for like a, a purpose for what you're rehearsing for, yeah. then usually, you know, you can at least say, well, we've done that one thing and then maybe it'll lead to another thing. Yeah. Because that was the first thing that I kind of, was um, kind of struggling with, you know, if I can kind of fast forward to when you joined the pass outs. Um, <laughs> on drums, mind on you. On drums, which was so You still have that weird. kit? I think it's still in my folks' place. Really? Yeah, yeah around, it's been, it's away, it's not out. Right. But it's, um, it's, it's still there. That's awesome. I care, because it was that wild, like, metal kit. Yeah, you with had the, the cage. Yeah. yeah. The cage, yeah. Yeah. Um, and I was teaching, you know, at the time, my first full-time teaching gig, and I said to uh, one of my colleagues who played in a blues band, um, Andre Warhurst, I said, Andre, you know, I'm playing, doing this band thing, but I'm kind of finding it hard to keep the guys motivated to show up to rehearsals. He's like, well, have you booked a gig yet? And I go, nah. He goes, book a gig. Then they'll show up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's exactly what I did. Yeah. And then we did. I think maybe one of the first ones was maybe Art House or yeah, something. Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we played that one. We played a gig. I had a mohawk at the time, but we played a gig. I want to say it was in kind of inner city or in the city. Yes. What's the name of the place? Like Dream? No. No, 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 no. I forget. Inner city. Art house, Dream. Oh, like fucking uh, like corn or something. No, it sounded like a dude's name. Did we play the bar- barley? We did play the barley. Did we play the barley corn? I feel like we did. I think we did. Yeah. Musicland, I don't know, man. Fuck, we, we did, did so we, we did Musicland as yeah, well. We did, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's good though. Yeah, it's yeah. funny. <laughs> yeah, we did a bunch of shows. Yeah, yeah. Before you know, people left and 
did other things, but that's cool, man. That's what bands yeah. do. And I, I kept that that going for over 10 years, you know. Wow. Yeah. That's it was, brilliant. It was wild. Yeah. Um, but before we get to that, I do want to kind of touch on the next step in, in your evolution of, you know, playing guitar and stuff in, in Australia and, and what you did. Um, because after Flatstick... Or maybe it was during or before or after. I'm not sure, but I know there's a band called Brothel and that you were in, involved with them. <laughs> there's got to be some stories there because that was a wild act, man. Okay, yeah, I'm actually my last gig with them is uh, May first at the Tote. Last gig. Yeah, the band is ending. No, I'm leaving. You're leaving the band. They're doing a tour in Japan. Oh really? And um, I couldn't go, so I was like, "Oh, I'm like, fuck. Uh, look, you'll you'll need somebody for this." And uh, yeah, thinking, okay, they could do the tour of Japan, but they need, uh, you know, as a Melbourne drummer, I'll be here. This kind of thing. But from what I from what I gather, yes, like I'm just replaced. Uh, okay. So I'll just play these. I think it's two more shows, and then I'm done, which and is fine. Done. It gives me it gives me w- more room to do guitar stuff and 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 write and whatever else. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. it's not the only project you're in currently at the moment. Anyway. No, no, it's that's not right. Yeah, but we'll get to that. Um, okay, yeah. So was that the next thing that you went to after Flatstick? <sighs> like music band wise? Yeah, I was also uh, yeah. I started doing radio. There's a lot of crossover with radio. Like I was teaching and then starting to do radio. So then yes. I left guitar teaching to do radio fully. Yes, yes. Because I know the story kind of and elaborate on it if if you like. But all, from my memory, mm. you 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 roll up to uh, Plenty Valley FM. And oh, you, that's right. You start doing a show. Yeah. And you put together a showreel or whatever. Of my worst material. Of your worst material. Of the shit that I thought would offend. Because I'm like, Triple M, uh, commercial station, they're going to fucking be dicks. I don't give a fuck. Yeah. So I put together my most brashest, nastiest. Shock jock stuff. Yeah. Like, I was totally ripping off Howard Stern. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, get, I don't know, maybe 10, 15 minutes, put it on a cassette, and mailed it to him. And then, I, God, a week or two later, I got a call. It was wild. Come in. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And um, so I went, uh, me and the, my friend uh, at the time, Rendezvous was his stage name. <laughs> we went in and they let me do like a half hour. And then afterwards, what they do is I think they played maybe three a night and you could vote. Huh. So I didn't win, which is fine. So I yes. didn't hear from them for maybe two or three months. And then they call me and they're like, yeah, well, look, we, we still like you. Right. So then they have me doing these little rants at, I don't know, every now and then I just go in and pop in and just go off my nut for uh, 30 seconds or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, And then that got me in the door to being in the studio with a show. So I was on uh, Todd and Millie at night. It, my, my time slot was basically 7.30 p.m. to yes. 10. Yes. For quite a few years. And you're like the color guy of, yes. the, of, the, of the two main people. Exactly. Right, right. So I'd say all the, hey, yeah. John, what do you think? I'm oh, sorry, Doug, what do you yeah. think of this? Oh, my God, that's fucked. So, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> and I stole, I got the Doug Steele name from when I was working at the airport. Yeah. Um, I, and this was at Plenty Valley FM. I'm like, okay, so that John Sanders never gets in trouble, I'm going to call myself a different person. Right. Once a month. Oh, that was the plan to do it once a month or something oh, to that effect. And change the name every yeah. month. So I worked with this guy named Doug Steele, and he annoyed me a bit. So I'm like, you know what? I'll just I'll use his name for it <laughs> for a while. That's an actual person. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I used his name, That's but I put great. I put an e at the end in case there were like legal issues, sure, which there sure. was at one stage. Right. Because yeah. So. Um, so I did that at Plain Valley FM, and then the people at uh, the Triple M, the, the radio station there, they thought that was my actual name, so they were always calling me Doug. So I was just like, oh, fuck, oh, I'll be Doug. I don't give a shit. Yeah, yeah, um, And But then, once I was fairly established at Triple M, like, the real Doug Steele would call them and be like, tell John to stop using my name. My kids are getting harassed at school. What? Yeah, I think it's bullshit. Oh, come yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, well, your kids are getting, like... I don't my I don't know my friend's dad's name. Like, well, what do yeah. I? Yeah. So I think that was a big, massive pile of horse shit. Right, right. But he was he was a bit annoying. So I I, I did enjoy that on on a lot of levels. Because <laughs> he was a dick at work. Yeah, he pissed me <laughs> off. If you, you piss me off, you'll end up in a song or a fucking something. Yeah. Yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll get you. I'll get you back. You'll, you'll get you. Yeah. yeah. So uh, yeah, 
and that was that pretty and much. That was it, yeah. And yeah. then I think eventually you ended up doing it like up in Sydney as yes. well or something. Yeah, I remember when Triple M had that fucking that one gig, um, uh, M1. Yes, that that was a massive failure on their part. Mm. So they had to cut corner. So I went from being on air to being like one of them Black Thunder fucking people. Hey, is Doug still out on the road? And we're in fucking <laughs> Epping, giving away cokes and Doritos and fucking posters. Come down if you want one. And at that stage, this I had like the best gig ever. Yeah. Well, I didn't think it was. I was no, like, I'm kidding. Yeah. It sucks. <laughs> no, it does. No, we got free. We got dude. We got free. We raided the fucking cabinet, so we'd go home with like boxes uh, and boxes of gear. Oh, uh, dude, yes. chocolate and fucking razors, and <laughs> like I hadn't bought a razor for my Mark III in maybe ten years. Right, I had like a garbage bag full of them. Oh my god! So every time they would do giveaways with you know hand quotations, there was always extra, and you could Doug kind of would get a bit of a giveaway too. <laughs> pretty much, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And like that'd just, be the main perk of the job, dude. Massive bottles of Coke. I mean, it, it's bad for your body, but if you don't give a shit, it, it was amazing. <laughs> right. Like chocolate every day. Yeah, it was fucking. It was it was great. That's cool. Yeah, it was. And I yeah. mean, you know, it was weird though because they were like. There, there were people that didn't work that would follow us around every day. So you'd see the same people at, oh at, my di- God. at different drops. Yeah. What? Yeah. So they would be waiting and listening to the state radio. Yes. Oh, they're Drive in Broadbenos. Yeah. Let's go to Broadbenos. Yeah, this one family did that <laughs> every day. And, if, and it got to the point where... We can't keep giving you shit. No, it, it was the opposite. It was like, oh my, they'd call the station. They'd go, well, we didn't get a bag of something or other. So then you'd have to take a bag to them. Oh my God. It was like. To their uh, house. Yeah. It was it was something weird. Like legally they had to do that. Because they advertised, if you go here, you will get this. Yes. Something to that. I, I don't know. Yeah. Oh it was It was a big God. thing. It was ridiculous. I was like. And that was part of your job. Yeah. It was like. Fuck off If you miss out Tough titty dude Yeah Go to the next one Or fucking Just deal with your loss No <laughs> no, no No They were adamant That this was their gig But it wasn't Yeah to- It wasn't just them But I mean They were known By all the corporate uh, People and Yeah yeah Like they I forget their last name And I wouldn't Say it anyway I probably would But Yeah 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 But they were known And it was just wow. like It was fucking ridiculous Was there ever a moment When you're doing The Triple M Um uh, Black Thunders where you were like you know I mean obviously you mentioned that family but was there any other people that were like kind of pushy or anything like that yeah every single person was pushy really yeah they wanted more yeah what yes people people are dicks <laughs> they they weren't thankful that hey I got a bag of, of really cool shit it was like can I have another bag or it was really? it was never enough so yeah it was like oh, okay. you, yeah. as Black Thunder people you're like yeah people are fucking assholes and literally you would genuinely just do a recording of hey it's doug Steele. we're here in yeah. you know cheltenham today come and see us between one and two at the mcdonald's yeah and that was it that was your job and then they would cut back well, to the news yeah but here's the thing <clears throat> we had to do three a day so we could only stay oh. in, in one place for 20 minutes 20 minutes that was it something to that effect yeah but you would give the punters a heads up we will be here at this time yeah yeah, yeah. so i right. think we give them maybe 45 minutes to get out to wherever the fuck we, we were, were. Yeah, yeah, yeah 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 so it was it was fucked because there were no phone there were no smartphones that had maps yet so it was all mailways and shit yes so it'd just be like and there there would be there'd be like three of you and you'd each have one of these souped up utes yes and if you fucking sped you copped the the fine Whoa. Oh, yeah. And these utes were badass, so it would be really hard (laughs) not not to speed. speed. Yeah. (laughs) So, you know, yeah, it was a whole fucking thing, and everything was time, 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 time. You press for time, you press, and it was fucking stressful stressful. as fuck. So it's like, yeah, okay, I will take a case of fucking Coke home at the end of the fucking day. Thank you very much. Right, right. Yeah. How long did you actually have to do that part of the the Triple M run? (sighs) I did it, I'm going to say... Because I don't remember, I'll say six months. Yeah, and that's when I found out that um, somebody approached me. They're like, "Hey, uh, Kyle and Jackie O are looking for um, a stunt man up in Sydney." Right. And by then, I was just like, "All right, fuck, I'll do it." So, um, 
I I a grabbed stunt man. Yeah, just some like guy on the street bullshit. Yes, I'm with you now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I I did that. I I, I sent him a tape of some stuff, and it was all it was all 100 fake. I grab a girl from the fucking from the uh, you know from. The, the, the sales room I'll be like, come out here I'm gonna pretend you're a hooker I'm gonna ask you how much you're gonna get pissed off you're gonna chase me down the street and I just wear like a fucking you know just a tape recorder like on me and be like hey you know just make it sound genuine huh. and then just be running and that and the funny thing is I duped Kyle and Jackie O they huh. they thought they were all real and I'm like no they're actually all fake right and so how would you get the punters to like agree to do this no, no, no! They were people that I knew. They were oh. people. They were people at the station, dude. You never even left the freaking station. No, I just like, it. hey, I go, come here, give me, give me five minutes of your time. I'd be like, here's the scenario. You're gonna do this. I'm gonna do this. You're gonna get mad. You're gonna yell at me. And you came up with all of these yourself. Yes. Oh my god! Uh, it wasn't hard because once they didn't you, know what they had, man. Because nah. usually these days that would be a producer saying, okay, now go out and do this. Right. We've got a writing team or whatever. Yeah. But you're doing it all yourself and recording. I'm it. very proactive, people. I don't know if you know that or not. <laughs> A little bit, right? Yeah. My so goodness. I got the job. Yeah, um, yeah. Moved up to Sydney. I was living in Newtown, which was fucking great. I might add. Mm. And then I take the train into Bondi Junction or into Bondi and uh, where the station was. And yeah. So yeah, Triple M on one level, and I'd say hi to all those guys, and I'd go up to the the next level, which was Two Day FM, which was the sister station of Fox. Right, and you know, and but it, even then, that was stressful. Was that simulcast like nationwide? Or yes, was it, it was. Yeah, so oh. both stations I was on, it was um, it had been Brisbane, Sydney, uh, Melbourne, Adelaide, and I think that's it. Yeah, right. Yeah, um, and you did mention before M one. Yes. Oh, yeah. So M one, like. On the day or the day before, they're like, I knew something was going on when they're like, you know what, guys, you've been so good to us, like all, all of us minions. They're like, we're going to give you 20 free tickets. You can just give them to whoever you want. So now everybody's scrambling. I'm calling my friends. I'm like, yeah. you want to come down one? You want to come down? Because I had all these fucking tickets to burn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I had a great time because I was I was in between bands doing stuff and like pushing Coca-Cola and like... I. I was on the big screen and mm-hmm. I was signing autographs, which is fucking ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And I had weird hair that day. And yeah, but you were a personality at that time. Yeah. Everyone knew who you were. Yeah. You know? I dropped the F-bomb, which was good. Yeah, I, I distinctly remember... Um, were you there? I was 100% there. Wow. Yeah. Um, mm. We were seeing Erwin um, Thomas. Nice. They weren't on the main stage. They're on like a side stage, like which was set up like in a, you know, a boardroom or whatever. Where the fuck was that held? It was... Was it Rod Laver? No, 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 no. It was at, uh, like, one of the stadiums. Like, what? It would have been Eddie had... But it had a cover over it, didn't it? Like, yeah, the sun yeah. wasn't coming through, was it? No, no, no. They, they, they can put a cover on Eddie had. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, and you were on the, um, on the big screen the whole day. Yeah. And I remember you would you would be um, asking people, like, a trivia question or some shit. Yeah. If they got it right. That's right. They say, got to- you're going to the Coke Zone. You're right. <laughs> you are fucking right. Do you remember that? Yeah, I do now. That's right. And they were pushing Eddie, one of Eddie Murphy's fucking Orbit movies, or not Norbert, but it was some movie where he's out of space or know, some like, shit. Was, the, the Coke Zone was like this place where, like, I think maybe there was some free shit happening. Yeah. And if you got a, a ticket to the Coke Zone, not just the general admission to see Bon Jovi or whoever the fuck, yeah. you could go there and get, yeah, like, you know, special right. treatment yeah. or some shit. Yeah, yeah. So I was yeah, always yeah, there. Yeah. I was like, okay, you have to be back at this time. You have to be back at this time. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah man. And so you were saying that that was like a giant fuck up. Like, the whole M1 was just. Yeah, I think financially, they, I think they lost a lot of money. Yeah, I yeah. mean to the point where they fucking they, they weren't selling tickets. No, they were fuck yeah, and they fucking yeah. When I got back to work, it was, was like, well, you no longer have this job. This is what we're offering you. You can take it or leave it. Whoa! And I was, and I was living on Chapel Street in St Kilda with a listener. I moved in with a listener after I divorced. Oh my god! Yeah, that's wild. And she's she's a buddy of mine. My life is fucking wild. <laughs> I I listen back to the podcast each week, you know, make sure I haven't, you know, screwed up the edit or whatever. And I'm listening back in my car and I'm like, oh man, I've got to stop saying wild. I say that after everything that the guest says. That's good though. Wild's a good one. It is. I like it. Wild's good. I go through different, like, you know, um, 
incarnations of like my buzzword, you know, yeah. and for whatever, however long it's been, a couple of months now, wild has been the go-to word yeah. after after a story. Wild that is one good. is genuinely wild. Yeah. Because having, getting divorced and then moving in with like a random listener. Yeah. Did you put it on the air? Hey, look, I'm looking for somewhere to live no, in Chapel but, Street. <laughs> but no, but I should have. Right. But Oh, yeah, like I would t- like uh, hookers from Carlisle Street would call in and I'd put them on the air. Yeah, I've, huh. I've, that's on. I got that on fucking. That's on YouTube. On somewhere. the YouTube, too. Yeah. So you would do a call in at one point during your show. Um, what would happen was you, you'd you'd have a block of three songs. And then in that time, you're fielding calls and taping them. Right. And then after and then, the and, songs are finished, you would air the calls. Yeah. Right, and because uh, it was, it'd be like a Friday at ten o'clock. I could get a bit more risque with the listeners. Mm. So a lot of a lot of the times it was like uh, bogan fuck ups, stoners, <laughs> hookers. Can you imagine doing that in two thousand and nineteen? There's no fucking way that would fly. Yeah. Yeah, you can't say you just got to be careful with shit. Really. Yeah, big time. It's fucking crazy. Yeah, and so um, well, that's a good segue because that's actually how. The whole kind of story found its ending up in Sydney. Sydney. Where something fucked up and they, it cost you your gig, unfortunately. Tell us about that, bro. <laughs> bro? Yeah. All right, bro. So um, I had to do... Um, what? Okay, so we were giving tickets away to, to Australian Idol. As you do. So, the, Like the live taping of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> is that, is that a gift? That? I mean, is that really... Is that... Yeah. <laughs> People were into it. People were into so it. So it's like, okay, find Doug on the streets, and he's going to put you through some embarrassing shit, and if you can handle it... Free tickets. Yes. And it was taped up in Sydney at the yeah. time. Right. So, and these were fuck These these stunts, or whatever you want to call them, dares, yeah. they were pretty fucked up. Uh, and these were given to you by a producer. You didn't yeah, come yeah, up with th- these. No, no, no. No. Because I, ha- I actually hated doing it. Right. I, ha- I, hate, I hated making other people feel uncomfortable. Right, right. For whatever reason, even though on some level I, I do love it. If it's someone else, if it's yourself doing it, yeah, it's a bit yeah. fucked. Yeah. Well, if you can you know, make fun of yourself, that's fine. But if yeah. you're making some fun of someone else, then yeah, I see what you're saying. Or if you're, if you're fucking up somebody else's good time, like, okay, so the first one was go to, go to Doug. So we went to, a, we went to a, a library. Yeah. It was about an hour away from closing. And then we start singing at the top of our lungs through a fucking megaphone or some shit like that. Getting kicked out, chased out, and I'm calling the cops and all this shit. And that was fine. The one I really didn't care for was the night the night after, which was um, Meet Doug. So we went, bought tickets to see, me and another person bought tickets to see Spider-Man five minutes before it ended. Huh. Or ten minutes before it ended. Yeah. And then they got up, got in the megaphone, start singing and... Causing a fucking major shitstorm. Ah, oh. yeah, that was a bit scary. Yeah, and I I didn't really like that one, but you know whatever. That was my job, so I had to do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The one I got fired for was the third night. So they're like, they wanted, and I haven't told the story correctly because I'm gonna fucking blame somebody, and he deserves it. So fuck him. Um, <laughs> they go go out to like Darling Harbor, some sort of uh, uh like an open. A restaurant where people are eating outside. Al fresco. Yes, and and hassle and do the singing in front of them. And I'm like, okay, you want me to be in a place where I logistically am not going to be able to get to in time. And so uh, a, a certain person that I think was part of the show is like, nah, go to Darling Harbor and fucking just walk into a restaurant and do it there. I was like, fine. So I met the guy out the front, gave him the megaphone. We, cr- we walked into the restaurant, went to a, a table of like 40 people, and then the guy started going, got a $40 bill, put your hands up, got a $50, Fat Man Scoop, whatever that song Brooklyn is called. Clan, sure. Yes, yeah. Well, this was, a, this was a table of 40 American delegates, <gasps> and they actually thought they were getting robbed. Why, I don't know, because we weren't fucking, whatever. I mean, I was standing next to the guy. He had the megaphone. I had the mic in the megaphone. And this is just like a punter off the street who's, who's getting dared to do this for tickets to something. Yes. We were in the restaurant for maybe two minutes. Maybe and two minutes. Was there a call out on the radio saying, hey, if you want to win tickets, come to this restaurant and we'll fucking... I think it was more of... Oh, you just grab someone on the street? No, 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 no. It was more of, um, hey, I want to do it. And they're like, 
okay, can you be at this area at this time? So that was maybe behind the scenes. Oh, so they called the station. Something to that effect. Okay. so then From what I can recall, yeah. Met him there, worded him up, let's go do this stunt, we'll record it. Yeah. And then you get your tickets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. Got photos and the whole fucking bit. Yes. And uh, went and did that, and we were only in the restaurant maybe two minutes max. Two minutes. And you didn't tell the restaurant in. what was going to happen. No. Walked uh, in, walked out, whatever. Get back to work the next day. Uh, and then get called into a meeting, okay? The fucking owner of the restaurant was going to sue the station. Um, the general manager at the time, who was this big giant pussy by the name of Patrick, <laughs> he fucking bought all the meals to all the fucking people that were there. Yeah. What? Something to that effect. For two minutes of their night? Yeah. Um, I, got a, I got a stern talking to, and then it sounded like I was going to get suspended, and then at the end of it, he was like, Pack your shit and go. I uh, just like, whoa! Overreaction. Yeah. So then I got home, and I was I had a girlfriend at the time, and she's like, "What's up?" And I'm like, "Yeah, I got fired." She's like, "Oh, good, because uh, I, I we got relocated. The my company just got relocated to Melbourne. So there you go. There you go. That was rad. That was amazing. And we're like, "Fuck, see you, Sydney. You pack of fucking cunts, mate." <laughs> That's awesome, man. Well, look, we will pause it there and we will come back for part two. Yeah, cool. Let's do it. All right. And that is a wrap, Sizzlers, episode 54. Four, all done. Thank you for listening. If you liked this episode, give the podcast a share on social media. Use the hashtag Art of Touring Podcast on Instagram and give us a follow at Art of Touring Podcast. If you are a first-time listener to the podcast, I hope you do come back each week and uh, keep listening. I have a new guest each week, uh, so you are more than welcome to join the Art of Touring family by becoming a regular listener. I'd love to have you on board. Uh, if you'd like to get in contact with me, please email me directly at artoftouringpodcast at gmail.com. Maybe you'd like to come on the show. If you're a touring musician, performer, or wrestler, please hit me up. Or send me a message on Instagram at artoftouringpodcast. If you, uh, uh, you can listen to Art of Turing on Wooshka and you can download it on iTunes. Uh, as I said before, if you did enjoy this episode, please take a moment to give the podcast a rating within the podcast app on your phone. Just write a short review and stick around next, next week for another, another, blah, 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 another episode. Uh, they are released every week. I'm just going to change this to Wednesday, guys. I'm just going to give in. This this year, it's just it's just become impossible for me to get these out on a Tuesday. So it's a Wednesday from now on. Uh, but you know that makes sense. X Files was on a Tuesday when it first came on, and then it became more popular, and then they moved to Wednesday. So look, I'm not saying my podcast is as good as the X Files, but let's just see how the new format goes with Wednesdays, and we'll and we'll, we'll go from there. Uh, so, uh, yeah, come on back next week on a Wednesday. I'll see you then. Uh, let's get into some plugs. I uh, am doing a, a private function at the Mernda Footy Club this uh, Saturday the 4th of May, so you can't come to that unless you're, you know, you're part of the Mernda Footy Club. So if you are, you'll see old mate Sis Dog there from 6 until 9. Um, the outro music for the Art of Touring podcast is a song called Start a Fire by The Passouts, which is available to stream on Spotify or download on iTunes. You can grab the whole album uh, by The Passouts on all digital platforms, and if you'd like to grab a physical copy on either CD or uh, Glorious Coloured Vinyl, just go to thepassoutsband.bandcamp.com where you can get merchandise including T-shirts, stickers, posters, and even skateboards. That's all from me this week. Before I go, I do have a few shout-outs. Shout-out to Chris Wall, who designed the artwork for the show. You can follow him on Instagram at Mr. Wall, spelled W-A-H-L. Big thanks to my guest this week, Mr. Doug Steele. Uh, Stick around next week. We're going to hear part two of my conversation uh, with Doug Steele, and be sure to follow him uh, on his YouTube channel, Doug Steele Guitarist. That's all from me this week. Thanks again for listening. Tune in next time for another episode of Art of Turing with us. Is no, 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 no. Woo!
And remember this week, the podcast was brought to you by The Trading Post, where you can get pretty much anything, really.